25 here in the Kiva. A little, a little bit of uh, good music here on a Friday afternoon. Man, is a giddy thing. Mumford and Sons. And uh, before that, Blinded by the Light. And I don't know. I, was just, I heard that song a little bit earlier today. And I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, one of the guys I dislike most in the music industry, uh, Larry, is, is Bruce Springsteen. That was written by him. And Thank God he didn't have a hit with it because I wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> he wrote that in '73, and uh, you know the the other group. I think it was uh, Manford, uh, Mumford and Sons. No, no, no. That was oh. that's why I went to the other one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Mumford and Son, and then there was Manford Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. they're, they're yep. the ones who did Blinded by the Light. But uh, uh, there you go. A lot of calls uh, coming in. Five fifty, fifty five hundred. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yeah, may I speak to Ed Aragon, please? Well, you're on, and uh, I'm on the air, so if there's a personal call? Well, it is, and I'll... Okay, well, we're not going to take personal calls. As soon as you said, you're, if you're looking to speak to him, and uh, the only people who know me by Ed Aragon... Did you hear that? It did, I did. Did you hear Ed? It, it, it's the such only a people who know call, me by... he doesn't know when you're on the radio. Yeah, so the only people who know me by Ed Aragon... So I'm not going to take those other calls after that, because I have no idea what's there. The only people who know me by the name Ed is when I worked in commercial real estate in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, maybe they found a nice property outside in, H- in Henderson, <laughs> and you just missed the chance. That's, that's it. I got to close the deal. That unemployment rate was getting ready to tick down, <laughs> and you hit ignore on the call. Way to go. Ed Aragon. I'm like, may I talk to Ed Aragon, please? Like Joe Biden could have taken credit for that yeah, sale. Apparently, there's a, a, a rally on the west side for Joe Biden. That no one's honking. No one's doing anything. So. Oh, really? Yeah, of course Poor guy. Oh, man. At least he doesn't have to debate. They're all standing six feet apart and everyone's in a mask. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we got a visitor outside. I'll be out there in just a moment. Give me a second. Let me uh, let me launch you uh, into a uh, bunch of uh, different texts. We just drove by Codwood Mall. There was a Biden rally event on the street. I only heard one car honk and there was a lot of traffic. That's funny. Hi, Ed. Average Joe here. Just wanted to point out that Biden talks about jobs while Trump creates jobs. That's exactly right. Uh, Larry Barron's kicks ass. Gotta love that, Thanks, Larry. Mom. Was... Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how the governor can sleep at night, knowing the pain and agony she has caused. There's no life if there's no livelihood. You know, we gotta just... That that needs to be a bumper sticker. Somebody print that up. Well, there's no life if there's no livelihood. And let That's... me let me just say, if she would just stop and listen. So, earlier this week, you know, Dr. Scrace was testifying before a legislative committee and a legislator asked them, you know, we have this medical advisory committee, we have this economic advisory committee, and we have these other committees that are advising the governor what to do in various aspects of this lockdown. And the legislator just asked a simple question, of these numerous meetings that are supposedly taking place, how many are open to the public? And I'll let, to, you know, just a moment of silence here pass for the answer, because that's what it was. It was zero percent. Zero percent of those folks are of those meetings are open to New Mexicans. And so the fact of the matter is when you are conducting these meetings behind closed doors, not letting people who are most affected by it have input. And I know, Eddie, you've talked with the New Mexico Restaurant Association. They were just begging for an audience to talk with the governor. Yeah. Say, let's tell us what we can do. She said she spoke one time and it was on a conference call with. 100 different people. It's never been directly with Carol White, who represents 3,500 restaurants. And, they, and, and they're just asking what they can do to live by the governor's standards. And, and Walmart, I'm sure, didn't need to get on a conference call to do that. And, and by golly, why do these small businesses, some that are historic to the towns that they're in, I mean, I can't 
uh, I've lost count of the number of historic restaurants and historic businesses that have closed down across the, the Cooperage state. The Cooperage uh, was one of the first casualties. Uh, and, and we see these places that have been open for 40, 40 years. That's, Cooperage, yeah. yeah. Four decades, and they're just gone because we, they couldn't get any fair direction from Santa Fe. And the fact of the matter is, I think Santa Fe doesn't know. I mean, we remember, I remember there you go. When, exactly. when schools were about to open and they were heading down that path. The schools were getting ready to open on a Monday. The districts that had decided to do so, they got the guidance from the State Public Education Department that Thursday at 9 o'clock. The PED secretary had had a press conference at 3 o'clock. PED secretary, who finally made it to New Mexico, was able to talk with reporters but not tell superintendents what it was going to be, and they changed up everything. Some school districts, including the one where my kids go, found new edicts in there that they didn't know would be a part of it, and they had to delay opening because I think Santa Fe didn't know either, and the fact they're hitting send on these plans three days before people are supposed to open up is indicative of the fact that they just really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't. Um, certainly you guys did and ran a, a good state. Uh, Larry, thanks for furnishing us uh, with all the COVID-19 insight numbers on uh, very timely, I have to tell you, uh, the, the highest uh, infection rate, the, the highest infection rate uh, ever here in the state of uh, New Mexico. We got Janice Arnold Jones, uh, who's here in studio. She's going to join us momentarily. But also want to point out something else uh, that, that you brought to our attention. Lockdowns don't work. The Atlantic article uh, pointing out that school lockdowns uh, don't work. Just no lockdowns work. And then, of course, those beautiful stats were coming from the uh, 12 of the top 15 performing states, Republican states, or you should say 9 of the 10, and 9 of the top uh, worst performing states. Those are run by uh, Democrats. So there you go. And, uh, hey, Bob's your uncle yeah. there. I know you were waiting for that the whole entire day. It. I was working toward it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to get it. It's like, well, I had it? a good friend. I had that. Well, so I've known a lot of people from across this pond, so to speak, sure. from Wales and the U.K. and stuff. And they, Bob's your uncle. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the hell just happened. But I, and then it's I just, just started. the perfect closer to anything. <laughs> Just, hey, I'm heading to the everyone, Biden rally. I'm not going to honk and uh, Bob's your uncle. And I actually had a, I actually had a, an uncle named Bob. Janice Earl Jones joins us live here in the Kiva on a Friday afternoon. Janice, how are you? Eddie, I am good. My feet are a little tired. Oh, you sound wonderful. <laughs> Happy and uh, thank you. Uh, she commanded the mic at the Kiva in the early days. I don't know if you had a chance to see the decor uh, here in the Kiva, but uh, it literally is. Uh, the Kiva. Janice, I want you to uh, uh, help us understand this war. $260,000 uh, being spent. And I'm going to let Larry sort of uh, lead the charge. Why don't you do the interview? Oh, this would be great because I want to see a little, little, little hosting chops. Lead, lead her on the uh, on the amount of money. You're going to go join and the, the PRC, ambiance. and I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go sip a hot toddy by the by the fireplace. Go ahead. Well, and so you have talked about this, the money that the eco left is bringing into New Mexico to influence a ballot initiative that's coming up. And I have to say, I can't endorse a ballot initiative one way or the other, but you definitely but can. But I can. Exactly. <laughs> you, you absolutely can. And the consequences for New Mexico are absolutely serious. So the worst of this is, let's be real clear about who this is. This is the Environmental Defense uh, Fund out of New York, out of New York, and they have spent on record already $264,000. But I hear there's another $150,000 already in media that's close to a half a million dollars to convince you to give up your elected franchise. That is, to be able to vote for people that you can yank out of office if they don't do the job. And I just think any time we are, there, there is an organization trying to convince us that we should give up our ability to control our own government, you should be very nervous. 
And I can see things happening, and I, and I know this is going to cover a lot of bases quickly, but I can see this happening. In New Mexico, we have passed the Energy Transition Act, a renewable portfolio standards that we know is going to raise rates on customers. And the safeguard against raising those rates is supposed to be the Public Regulation Commission. Now, if this were to pass, and the governor then would return the favor to the Environmental Defense Fund and appoint one of their folks to the PR, this new PRC, would it be possible that they would be able then to be raising rates on New Mexicans while still cheering the fact that the governor's eco-left uh, agenda is the best thing for us? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that is the plan. And, and not to get in the weeds, but let's jump in the weeds. Sure. The uh, Energy Transition Act has a little caveat about bonding. There is no oversight. And the cost to actually do the bonding, whatever that amount may be, will go into something called the energy transition charge, which will appear on your electric bill. And, and that's, there is no control over it. The PRC has no control over it. There is no oversight. I hope you're nervous about that because um, it is going to go up. But again, why, why would we want and, and where would be the good for New Mexico to have three commissioners likely appointed out of Santa Fe? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a cotton-picking big state. I love it. But it is very different from Deming all the way up to Clayton, uh, San Juan County down to Eddy, and in the middle, very different. We need those perspectives. No on Amendment 1. And, oh, by the way, you should not vote for Amendment number 2 either. No, so it will be total elasticity in those prices. They would be uncontrolled. Would that be the case, uh, uh, Larry? So remember the caps, and we're, we're not going to. We have to pay for the energy transition act. Could the move being actually being made by Michelle Lujan Grisham be in an effort to go ahead and say, "Hey, we weren't going to increase your rates, but then they ultimately increase our rates because they can increase our rates, and she can play the mala culpa." Well, I didn't know uh, they needed to go ahead and pay for our move towards a greener, greener, uh, greener energy by 2045. It's an absolute shell right. game, and it's, and it's it what is. Santa Fe does all the time. They They'll tell you, I didn't raise taxes. Oh, but fees went up. Well, it's still the same 10 bucks out of your pocket right. that, is, that is being passed on to consumers. And let's just be honest about what renewable portfolio standards like the Energy Transition Act do. Uh, let's look to our friends to the west of California who are about five to ten years further down this road than we are. If you are a family in California, you are paying 46% more for your electricity than the average American. If you are a small business owner in California, you are paying 69% more for your electricity because of these renewable portfolio standards. And, oh, by the way, you're paying that premium price for the privilege of having blackouts when the right. clouds cover the sun or the wind doesn't blow or Gavin Newsom doesn't like you. That's, uh, that just sounds just like the abuse that we get from Michelle uh, Lujan Grisham. Very quickly, Janice, uh, tell us about voting. Tell us about you running for the, the PRC here in the next minute and a half. All right. I am uh, asking to be able to serve you on the PRC I am prepared. I do my homework. I show up. It is uh, very technical. It suits my nature because I am technical in nature. Uh, but the one thing that I will do for you is I will look out for the ratepayer. But I also understand that the monopolies that we're talking about also have to survive. And I want them to survive, but not at your expense. Let's talk so, about voting here in 30 seconds, same-day registration. And uh, uh, when is the first day of early voting and the polls open? Okay, the per- early voting starts the 17th, same-day voter registration. It's not a carte blanche. You better bring in all the identification or you will be receiving a provisional ballot and you will be requested to bring in the identification to be able to vote or your ballot will not be counted. 
Best of luck to you, Janice. I want to get you. you on the air next week. All right. A full 30-minute uh, interview. Larry Burns, thank you for holding down the fort here while I enjoyed my hot toddy. Good to see you. I need more cowbell. Oh, uh, no, no cowbell on the way out. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> Just stay tuned, everybody. Greg Zanetti is next here in the Kiva.